I'm Kia. And I'm Florence. And this is Melanin. In medicine. Da 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 da. Yay. <laughs> um, so yeah, we missed you guys. It's been a week. Oh god, a long week. Long week indeed. Um, and we have a really cute episode this week um, with a guest, guys. We are making so many friends. Can we just can we just acknowledge that you know Flo's talking to people? Yikes. I'm out here getting people on the show. <laughs> We're really thriving. Um, med school won't bring us down. So um, yes, this week we have a guest, um, and it's really like one of our most unique guests guys we're growing i'm just so proud of this episode um but first we're going to start with our elders elevation with our guests so i mean i guess well before we do that introduce yourself i'm harmony saunders and a rising m2 here at ku Woo! <laughs> yay okay well we we're not as good with the not being awkward but we're getting there guys we really are um so she is a, well, should I tell him or should I wait? You can wait. Let's, let's make it okay. suspenseful, you know. Ta-da! Okay. Um, we're going to start with our elders' elevation. So, as you know, we're going to have our guest um, present a quote that they feel is like, speaks to their heart. So. Okay, so Michelle Obama, everyone loves her. So, she has this beautiful quote. You may not always have a comfortable life and you will not always be able to solve all of the world's problems at once. But don't ever underestimate the importance you have because history has shown us that courage can be contagious and I hope and hope can take on a life of its own. That is everything. So number one, shout out to Auntie um, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> She's everybody's guiding light. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's so real. And you said this is from her book? I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Be. I need to read the book. I, know, I, really, I need to too. I feel like it's an injustice that I haven't. I have no excuse. My <laughs> life is too important for Michelle. So, um, yeah. So next we'll do our Mahoney message. Okay, so I have a Mahoney message. It's from one of our followers. And um, basically she has a high schooler. She was wondering if we could send her a couple videos um, that she could watch and get some advice um, as she like helps her high schooler go through the process. So. Yeah. Well, get she's interested yeah. in like medicine. medicine. Yeah. yeah, and so this was really good um, because we really haven't talked about like high school students um, or any students that are like. Well, I mean, we say general things, but and honestly, high schoolers should be listening um, in preparation for college. But as far as like things to do in high school to prepare for college. I think it would be really smart to just get a jump on, like, your volunteering. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, like, in high school, I did um, this called NYLF. I think it was, like, National Youth. I can't remember. But Wait, um, it was NYLF, though? Yeah, okay. NY, National Youth Leadership Forum on Medicine. I think that's what it's for. And it was really cool because it was at Emory um, in Atlanta. And it's, we got to go for, like, I think it was the week and we it was really cool because they like told us about med school and like the process and stuff like that so oh, that's nice i think it's still a thing i'm not sure because mm-hmm. it was such a long time ago but honestly if it's that. if it's legal i would suggest possibly connecting with like a maps program in an undergraduate university near you um maps is basically for any high school listeners um it's like the petite snma so snma <laughs> is a which is it might be shady i'm sorry guys snma is the national medical student national medical association yep. and um yeah so maps is like the undergraduate version and it's basically just a really good way to connect with people in medical school um 
aspiring to be physicians, um, some people that have left medical school that still participate in SNMA. So it's a really good way to get connected. Um, and if you're in high school, it would definitely be smart to at least like see if a university near you has a MAPS organization. Maybe you can sit in on their sessions, um, maybe talk to some of their pre-med students, see what they're doing. Um, I feel like being as, as proactive as you can, as early as you can, is never really, like that's probably your best ticket. Yeah. There's also the Health Career Collaborative. Uh, you can look that up, see if it's in your city. There's one starting here in Wyandotte County. So oh. uh, you get like a mentor who's a medical student um, and learn about health careers. So. Oh, that's Do they awesome. do that with the school? Uh, we're starting that here. So Do we Yay! get to be mentors? Hopefully. Oh, we're already yeah. like plotting to recruit you guys, so yes. Yay, um, you're we're in. in. We're recruited. <laughs> <laughs> Dope. We yeah. get sold really easily. <laughs> yeah, soup's hard. <laughs> um, so yeah, that I really like that question though because I really didn't think, like I know like we should be targeting general audiences but i never know what to say for high school yeah students. i think because for high school like i wasn't it wasn't like i wasn't proactive yeah i wasn't proactive yeah. i was like oh okay if i would have been i would have been the six-year med program mm. yikes no. <laughs> <laughs> just try different things I yeah think it's important to get involved try to shadow try doing anything yeah anything. i think shadowing yeah yeah and i think in high school like it's a good idea to shadow because i feel like there's so many people in undergrad who go into undergrad like oh i'm gonna go into med school and then get to their first chemistry class and they're like this isn't for me right so as many ap classes yeah. as you can um but also ooh, um if i were in high school looking back i would have definitely gotten like some type of trade certification i would have aspired to graduate early because we had the option where you could do it like a semester early yeah. and then um do phlebotomy. like a, yeah phlebotomy cna emt um do any like six to eight week course if you can it might be expensive just foot the money um because with that you could essentially do that over breaks um in undergrad you could do that i mean depending on the job you could do it in undergrad if you wanted to pay out of pocket anything like that so or if you just want to be like financially sound i think mm -hmm. and as, as well as like you'd get good exposure um and you'd have a good duration of doing it so if I were in high school, looking back, I would have definitely done that because I took the EMT class my sophomore year undergrad and I didn't even have time to work it just because I hadn't, you know what I mean? Like I would have been starting fresh. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. That's good. Dope. Uh, Should we go to our stepping stones? Step, oh, before we get to our stepping stones, a message from our sponsors. We're back. All right. Let's do the thing. <laughs> okay, okay, so stepping stones. Um, so first, we're going to have our guest kind of share about her journey, um, because that's like her biggest stepping stone. And then um, we'll tie in the, the latter stepping stone. Okay, I'm that. so excited to hear this. I know, right? Tell us all about your Okay, journey. go. <laughs> Where do I start? The beginning, um, girl. Yeah, Where were you born? Um, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, okay undergrad, like undergrad. Show. Okay, so um, I am the oldest of five, which I always start with when I introduce myself because I'm the oldest of five girls. That's really, wow. like, built who I am. Um, yeah, it's a lot. They're all crazy. Um, but <laughs> I feel like, girl, because I'm the oldest of three, so I couldn't imagine two more. Yeah, so... Um, I used to want to be a veterinary surgeon when I was a child. Um, I loved animals, and somewhere at, like, freshman orientation in undergrad, I was like, why do I want to go to school for eight years to literally do surgery on animals? Like, I love animals, but that's a lot of investment just mm -hmm. to be able to save an animal. So I was like, I could be saving people and go to school for the same amount of time. 
Um, so in my undergrad, I was like, okay, I guess I'm doing this pre-med thing. I had already loved science. I was already a bio major. I love cells. So I was like, I'm going to be a cell bio major. <laughs> um, you know, cause that's what you think when you're like 18 and you know nothing. Um, you know, you're like, cool, this sounds like a great major. Um, I'm a first-gen college student, so there was a lot to learn. I didn't realize my undergrad was not where I automatically go to med school or veterinary school. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, oh, yeah, if I go to this undergrad, that means I get into that med school. So when you say first-gen, can you tell some people, I don't know, who might not know what that might okay, be? Okay, so um, my parents actually, I think my dad did graduate high school. My mom did not. Um, my grandma did some community college and so I'm the first one in my family to go to a four-year university. Okay, congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah that is that's, that's really trailblazing. So, yeah. So, it is trailblazing with, like, you know, learning what different degrees are available. Um, so, I thought, you know, veterinary career. I had researched it since I was, like, 10. I knew what to do. Wow. I was like, I got this. Then I was like, whoa, med school. What is that? Right. Um, so, <laughs> what a big switch. <laughs> so, I was like... Okay, I gotta do a bachelor's first, still, okay, okay, got that, and then I have to apply to medical school. Um, so, of course, I go to my pre-med office, um, and they recommend different programs, and I learned about um, SMDP, which is now SHPEP, I believe. Oh, that's, we talked um, about that. Yeah, so I did that program at University of Virginia. Um, I'm from California, so it was way different, but I wanted to see a different state, um, loved it. Got to be around so many minority pre-meds. I was like, wow, this is a thing. Oh, I'm glad you're saying this because we, <laughs> right. we said a couple of the different ones on our show. Yeah. So do yeah. it. See, she's, yes. a, she's a Do it. I think on our amazing. first one, we yeah. talked about it. Yes. So, um, I did that between my freshman and sophomore summer of college. It's only available to freshmen and sophomores. So you got to know about a freshman year, try to apply. If not, apply again sophomore year, and then that's it. Uh, which there's other programs for junior and senior year um so did that learned that I should be doing something called research didn't know what that was <laughs> I know that's I was right like, yeah. uh I need to do research because I'm pre-med okay research so on what I find an office for research and they're like this is research so find a professor so I did the dumb thing you shouldn't do oh, shoot. I emailed a bunch of professors I was like I am a freshman sophomore and I want to do research what do you have Click sent with like all ten professors on the same email. Um, Did they see that? They saw it. Okay. So, oh, right. so yeah, yeah. that's what you don't do. Yeah. Lesson number one: like email each professor individually. That way they still feel special. They Wait, feel did you special. did you do one and CC the other nine, or you? No, I just all... sent it. To oh, okay, they were all, all right like, there. All right it there. Would have been like, worse if you CC yeah. the other nine. <laughs> So I was like, uh, okay, okay. So, um, so I, I, uh, one professor emailed me back, which was great. Like, wow, I got lucky. Um, and I did a summer research project that year, which was my sophomore summer. Um, and then found I really loved research. 
And at this point, I had decided I didn't want to do surgery because all the surgeons told me they missed out on their kids' lives. And I was thinking about pathology, didn't know what that was. Hush. I was like, wow, pathology is <laughs> so cool. Wait, what uh, research so, did you do? Um, so my first research project, I was looking at extreme organisms like um, oh. archaea, so that other oh, domain dope. of life that yeah, you don't really cool. know oh, about. Oh, the ones that live in the hot springs. Yeah, <laughs> literally, my professor hiked, like, volcanoes and, like, sampled the soil and That's brought it why back. You like and research. I studied it. Because you're like, this is so cool. That would be incredible. That would be fun, yeah. <laughs> um, and he was a really good mentor. He was, like, very hands-on. Oh, that's and amazing. And taught me everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, my kind of research, girl. <laughs> no, no, no. He was, yes. like, really old. Yes. Uh, so, but I didn't know that wasn't the norm. I was, like, one no, of three people in the not. lab and, like, had a hands-on mentor that, like, taught me. He taught me how to do the procedures, not, oh, like. What a blessing, though. Yeah. But, yeah. but I think that did shape why I was, like, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. I want to do research. So, I was, like, am I really serious about research where I want to do this as a career? Um, although I really want to work with patients and do medicine. So, um, then I was someone's like oh you can do an md phd and i was like what is that like what's a phd (laughs) (laughs) i don't even know what that is yeah um and i I thought it was like a philosophy degree honestly (laughs) i was like it's a doctorate of philosophy right right uh i don't want to do philosophy you're like (laughs) i'm a scientist (laughs) so um learned you know through experience talking to people that Basically, I could do a combined degree program. It's eight years total. Um, you do two years of med school, then you stop med school, do a PhD in the middle for four years, and you go back, finish med school. Mm-hmm. Um, and the bonus I learned was that most programs are paid the whole way. Because I was like learning about how expensive med school was, and I was like, how am I supposed to pay for that? Um, so it was just all o- overall very appealing. Um, but I still had a few more years doing different research projects, um, kind of realized I really liked immunology, loved cancer, so I was like, I definitely want to be a tumor immunologist, um, and that just came through the years of doing more research, switching labs to a bigger, more normal lab, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which, um, was nice, but different, learning how most labs operate, um, and... Really, just kind of the pieces fell together of, like, that's what I love as far as research. But I hadn't gotten any clinical experience because I'd been spending all of my time doing research. Yeah. So I was, like, a senior at this point, and I actually spent – I already was going to be a five-year undergrad because of my major. Most people were five years at my school. But I was like, I really love chemistry. I'm going to add a chemistry minor, which was, like, dumb. I don't know. So I was like, oh, it'll only take another semester. And then it's like, well, I don't want to graduate in the winter. So then I just took another semester. So I was a six-year undergrad, uh, which was a lot of time. But I just did more research and got just spread out my classes, had more time to be involved in way too many things, um, which is why my GPA wasn't the best. Uh-oh. <laughs> so there we go, Uh-oh, GPA. <laughs> The passion was there, but the numbers were not. Mm. So um, I was like, what am I going to do? People were talking about postbacs, and people were talking about masters. And I was like, uh, maybe I'll just do a PhD first, and then go to med school. Applied to PhD programs, applied to master's programs as a backup, and didn't get into any of the PhDs and realized, okay, I guess I'm going to do a master's. And so... Oh, you're good. Okay, so... Um, Sorry, we got the dogs here, guys. <laughs> they know. They, they're very aware of the dogs. <laughs> okay. So, um, 
I got into the master's degree, which was a master's of science, mm-hmm. um, which was a basically more traditional research master's degree. And where was it? Um, this is at this my same undergrad institution. So I went to San Diego State, since San Diego, massive school. I'm sure a lot of people know about Going San Diego to State. undergrad in like Kansas City, Missouri, we just literally hear about schools in, near the beach, and I just can't imagine. <laughs> I would not be productive, but sorry, that's a side note. <laughs> It's not that close to the beach, but it's only oh, 10 closer, minute drive, but it's, closer you know, to it's closer than here. <laughs> um, but I grew up in San Diego, so it's just home. Like, it's different. Um, so, yeah. Okay, so yeah, San Diego, that's home. Um, but yeah, I did a research master, so I had to work on a thesis project and cr- come up with a unique idea to research. And then, you know, write up the dissertation. It's like only, I think mine was like 60 pages, but like a PhD is like only. 100 oh. pages oh. or over that. So I'm like, once you're a 60, it's you can do it on a four. <laughs> <laughs> I texted it once. I almost cried. Bro. I almost paid somebody else to type it. <laughs> it's not that bad. Really. I was so, stretching yeah. when I wrote 10. I can imagine four, like, 60. Like on some. This plate turned out to be blue, but it was supposed to be. <laughs> oh, hey, yeah. you literally, you, hey, you spend a lot of time writing out the data, so oh, don't worry. There's figures and everything. So you write it out, There's you figures. defend it, you know. Um, you do have to defend it to pass, so that was mm-hmm. great. But um, in my master's is also where I was like, I definitely want to get back in touch with the clinical side because I was toying with the idea of just doing the PhD and mm-hmm. then going to med school later. Um, but I was like, no, I really want to do MD PhD. So I started getting back involved in the clinical side, volunteering. Cancer was my thing, so I volunteered at the cancer center. Um, oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. But I also am a super planner, so I was like, I feel that. Okay, so when are the kids supposed to happen? Oh because, my god! Like, no, but I honestly, I applaud you because your whole story. <laughs> every time you're like, I'll just push a uh, graduating to six years. I'll just push this. Like, I feel like as women, like, we don't anxiety. do that. We're yeah. like, no, we got to finish this, this, because our, our future our families are... I'm like, honestly, oh I applaud you for doing that. Well, there was a point in, like, my first biology class where I had this epiphany that I wasn't going to learn and become better at something just because I passed the degree. It was going to happen during. So I had this thought of, like, I'm training on my path right now. Like, I'm not doing this to get it out of the way to do something later. It's right, all yeah. together. So I think that gave me what that easy anxiety of like, I'm going to take longer. But I was like, I'm building my career and who I am as a person. So so that you can support your family. Yeah. And, and yeah. So I was like, you know, it's okay to take an extra year here or there. But then I was getting old and I was like, well, not old, but old older. We have kids. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. I'm getting older. I how my I was thinking. Okay, I'm not gonna have kids like in the middle of med school. We literally um, just had this conversation. Yeah. But you know, uh, I was like eight years. Like, am I really gonna do this? So I was like, okay, if I have to do a master's, this happened at the end of undergrad. Of like, how am I gonna do this since I didn't get into PhDs? What's gonna fit together? I'm like, I'm gonna have to have a kid in my master's. Mm-hmm. So um, I Who like you get married. So I am engaged because I'm not really in a rush to be married, but me and my fiance, we've been together since like my freshman year, so it's been like 10 years. You found a guy that could just do it right. 
Yeah. Just do it. Just, yeah. Is he stressed? Is he like losing his mind? Is he crazy? No, no, no. it's actually okay, guys. No, he's it's just fine. extremely supportive. Is like, he happy? Dare I yes, say? He is happy. Wow, a happy man committed. <laughs> Shut the front door. Unicorn. Anyway. <laughs> We're not bitter, guys. We really are. <laughs> yeah, so I had my son in my master's, which was a lot to like tell my PI I'm pregnant and she's like, Are you gonna finish? I'm like, why would I not? But anyway, wow. Wow. she was, whole, was she supportive? She she was supportive. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. I wonder maybe it's just because you were the, were you the first one in the program who's done that? I don't think so. I heard from other people she had students previously that did, but mm. um Maybe they didn't finish. I don't know. She's almost retired. She got her PhD in the 80s when it was a lot harder for women. Oh. So I think she's just kind of like, that's not what you're supposed to do because yeah. I couldn't. And you weren't mm-hmm. saying, like, you know? your family was there. Yeah, my whole family oh. was there. You got so. five sisters. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> so <I> was, <laughs> she's a, a new nanny for every day of the week. Literally, yes. That was probably the only way, like, it worked. I was, like, pumping, breastfeeding, taking them to school, drop, awesome. taking my sisters, like, doing whatever, you know, Super whatever mom. had to get done. Right. So, um, so, yeah, so I also have a three-year-old now because that was, like, in the master's three years ago. Um, but, yeah, but something about having him also brought clarity to, like, I definitely want to do this MD-PhD. Um, instead of kind of being like, maybe I don't want to do research anymore. Maybe just medicine. Or That's maybe so I just want to do PhD. Though. Something about him was like clarifying. Especially like giving birth, being a patient, like being in the yeah. hospital. I was like... Imagine that personal story. I want to do this. Yeah. So... Yeah, I really like that too because I feel yeah. like we might have like non-traditional mom or non-traditional students who are moms listening, and I think like the fact That's that good. having your kid solidified your goals versus like some people would be like, well, now I can't. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. they would they would feel like that was the end all be all. But yeah. like I re- I really like that you shared that yeah. with the, oh, I'm just so excited yeah. to listen. To this. No, but honestly, because like today in class, one of our classmates, um, he has a daughter, and she was like, whenever he found out uh, he got into med school, his his daughter. Was like, Dad, we're both starting med school at the same time because she's three and she's gonna be starting Aww, preschool. That's so cute. So we're all like, you both will have to take a first day of school picture together. Oh my but goodness, so like, that's so cute. Yeah, but yeah. to him, he was like, Oh, this is awesome. Like, I'm doing this for my kids. So. Yeah, yeah. And Imagine the yeah. motivation. That it's sounds... really cute. And my son, he's like, when he saw my, like, he loves stethoscopes and like talks about things he shouldn't be talking about. Like, he saw a heart and he's like. That's not a heart, like a like a heart shape. Yeah, he's like that's not a heart. Like a heart doesn't look like that. Oh, you know, he told like kids. That it wasn't a heart. Yes, like oh, no. And he's like, I want to be a doctor. He's like, oh. I need a stethoscope. Like he's very like. Oh, yeah. I'm so, so excited. So it's really good because I'm like, oh, this works. You know, right? It's, it's tough, but I mean, kids through anything is tough. Because I I was working for a year before med school, also just because you know applying takes a year. So after graduation and the application cycle, I was working, and that was not easier than being a student and being a mom. Like, either one is hard. Yeah, really? so, so when did you take the MCAT? So I took the MCAT in the last, like, the spring of my master's. And it was Actually, the old one, right? No. The new one? So I, so I was, so I had scheduled to take it, like, the summer, the year before I was going to graduate for my master's because I wanted to, like, apply. Mm -hmm. You know, so think, so think of it as, like, your senior, like, your junior year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but my son was born that January, I was supposed to take it that June, July, August, July. (laughs) Okay, girl. And I was, like, 
having some serious pregnancy brain and I was mm-hmm. like, I don't think I should do this with my sleep deprivation. So I postponed it to um, the March after that okay. because it was uh, like that weird window where there's no MCATs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I did it in March, which was better. Yeah. Um, and then applied that June. So I, okay. I took it March 20. Oh, girl. 18. Shout no. out to you. No. No. Like, no. no. 2015? Okay. 2016. Okay. <laughs> something okay. like that. Something okay. like that. Yeah. yeah. So that's when I took it and then applied. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I don't. Even oh, know. so did you have to take the GRE? I did take the GRE to mm-hmm. for my master's. Don't do what I did. I didn't study, but I did fine because it's a GRE. <laughs> it's, wow. It's a, don't do what I did, yeah. but it was easy. So it I, guess why, I don't really know what the GRE involves. It's really random in a way. Like it's it's like an SAT on steroids. Probably cool. like like a baby words, like not even because oh. it's like words that no one uses in their everyday language. Like knowing the definitions of those. Math, meaning like SAT math of like algebra, like, geometry, uh, like yeah, like like stuff you don't use anymore. Yeah. And then a writing section. Um, Where's the science? I guess that's math. No, nope, it's general. It's like oh. like people who are going into business, mm-hmm. uh, PhDs, oh, okay. anything like. I just think it's like the general. It's like an SAT mm-hmm. for college. Adults. Okay. Yep. Yep. So it's a different test. It's not like the MCAT at all. Okay, so when did you apply to med school? So I applied in June. I was stressed about getting my application in the first day it opened for submission. So like June 5th or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, second week of June after writing my personal statement. So how, why? So since you're from San Diego, why did you apply to KU? Oh. Were you part of the California uh, fear factor where they just where they apply like everywhere million schools <laughs> you're like do you take that <laughs> so I did apply to like 30 something schools because we have to like no joke um but I applied to like 20 something MD PhDs and the rest MD only I don't even realize there's that wow. many really really guys do yeah there's there's I thought there was one at every med school oh uh almost oh. um but some are MSTP and some are not MSTP. Tell, tell, tell me. Okay. Because I'm lost. So, <laughs> I know the high schoolers are. So, <laughs> so there's two tracks for MD-PhD. Um, and basically the NIH funds, I think, 28 or 30 in the nation that oh. are funded by them. And um, those are MSTP. It's called um, medical scientist training program. Mm. They typically are more competitive because the NIH has a very strong GPA and MCAT cutoff. Um, so I applied to a couple of those, but my numbers weren't that good. As I told you, my undergrad GPA was not that great. A master's will never replace that. It'll just supplement it. So mm. like, I'm still applying with my bad undergrad GPA and then like a really good master's GPA, but they could use that filter and just scream me out course mm-hmm. um so I was casting a broad net and um applied to some non-MSTPs KU is a non-MSTP which means that the school basically is funding the MD PhD on their in their own private money oh, so ours okay. here a lot of it comes from like the endowment um the KU one? Okay, yeah okay. so they fund a lot of us and like others outside scholarships whatever they do but they make sure we're funded um, some MD PhDs that are 
that are like ours are not guaranteed funded. So they might be like, you're an MD, PhD, and we'll cover two years of med school, but after that, like the PhD part, you have to make sure you go join a lab that funds that part, and then you've got to like, then we'll fund the other half of med school or something. So how would you find out beforehand? Would you have to ask? Um, their websites usually are very detailed about that, okay. if it's funded or so not. So basically, if you're so, doing MD-PhD, yeah. like, you have to do a lot of research. You have to, yeah. Well, have to- <laughs> <laughs> research on the school. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have to research the schools a lot. Um, also, going into an MD-PhD application, you're not just looking at is the medical school good, which all honesty, guys, all medical schools are basically equal. Your step score is what matters, not where you went. Um, but the PhD part, you're looking as if it's a PhD program, which means you want to see what research is at the school. You want to see who's there, what labs, what mentors you actually want to work with. So there's a lot more work that goes into building your list of schools. That is interesting. So for KU, it came up on my radar incidentally because of a podcast. Uh, (laughs) Podcast matter. (laughs) So it was the pre-med years, which I told you guys about. Yeah. Uh, He interviewed this girl who was like, amazing story. Her name is, I think her name is Anna. Jimenez, Jimenez. She graduated from here in like 2018, maybe. Oh, yeah, maybe last year. Mm -hmm. Oh, um, or maybe the year before that. Um, and she told her story, and she she's amazing. I recommend it. Go listen to it. Um, she's like just amazing. And Mm -hmm. then she also talked about her numbers. And then she at the end of the podcast, she said, "And thank you to KU for believing in me because I think she was in the KU post back. And she's from like LA." So I was like, oh, let me look into Kansas. Like, I'm from California. We think it's a farm. Like, <laughs> we're like, it's Kansas. It is. Like, it is. like why, why am I going to go to Kansas? City, it's one of those rectangle states. Like, I don't know. Rectangle states? That's what they yes. call us? <laughs> that's what I, that's what. That's well, I'm from Missouri. Thing. We're not a rectangle, but. You're not. Missouri <laughs> is the show me The state. shape is definitely a rectangle. A Missouri? It's an interesting shape. Bro, that Missouri is, is like uh, a. That's like a, a trapezoid. A, a trapezoid at best. It's not a rectangle. It's don't not know. Okay, is that the difference? Okay, okay, okay. I'll let slide. But she said thank you to KU for believing in me. So I looked at KU and I saw they have an NCI designated cancer center, which was important to me because um, NCI is the (laughs) National Cancer Institute. Okay. So it's like the NIH, the cancer group. So it's like if a school has that designation, there's only, I think, 13 in the nation. Um, they're really dedicated and have a good, solid cancer research group and a good cancer center for treating patients. Wow, so I those didn't are even things you need to look KU. at. Yeah, so it's important. So I was here. like, okay, I'm going to apply there. And then I saw, like, Dr. Wambi, and she is a black female, PhD, cancer biology researcher. And I was wow. like, I want to be in her lab. I've never had, like, a black female PI in my life. Aww. So I was like, I got to go to KU. So interviewed, loved it. So that's why I came here. Oh, that's, what's that's up. awesome. That's so cool. Even though it was scary, kind of like to move away from home, I was in like home my whole life. But, so, how was yeah. your. Well, we have a separate episode for family, but we'll talk about family with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> how was it moving your family? Um, well, since my son was so. Like, he's he was two at this time, um, that was no problem, of course, except thinking about like 
oh, life's going to be hectic with, like, a child in med school. Um, but my fiancé, he's has, like, his own business. He's a tennis and fitness instructor. So oh, cool. it was easy for him to move. Um, kind of tough because what he does is tries to travel back as much as possible oh. to keep his clientele. Yeah, because I feel like while cl- he's like building California here. Is better. Oh. It, it is <laughs> because... <laughs> There's sunshine most of the year. Sure. You can play tennis um, all year round. Exactly. But there's indoor courts here. But um, here we've noticed there's just a lot of existing groups and kind of like turfs. So he's got to okay. like, he's building his business here because we've got seven more years to be here minimum. Um, but he goes back to San Diego and he has, he's managing people to teach there for his like income. That's amazing. So, That's so it works. Um, his life is Flexible, which is important because medicine's not that flexible. At so, all. They're like, so we're going. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Are you coming okay, or Residency? Who knows? We might yeah. be in, like, Louisiana. I don't know. Like, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's real. So, that's amazing. So that's, like, Dope. Nice So what are you doing research on now? So right now, how it works is um, since I'm going to be an M2 in the fall, the summer before I started med school, I did my first lab rotation, um, and then now I'm doing two more lab rotations, because you rotate to figure out which lab you want to choose. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, so you choose a lab. Yes. So, so did you want to be in Dr. Wampi's lab? I did. So okay. I'm doing her lab the first half of the summer, um, just to see how I like it, see if I get along with her, whatever, and then I'm doing another lab second half of the summer. Um, she does breast cancer, as I said, and I... In my tumor immunology world, one thing I'm passionate about that I did my master's on is the racial disparity. So um, <clears throat> she also is interested in the racial disparity in breast cancer. Uh, don't know if you guys know, but breast cancer is um, not more prevalent in African-American females, but it happens younger. Mm. And it's way more aggressive and less responsive to treatment. So um, a lot more African-American females die from breast cancer than Caucasian females. Mm. So that's an area of interest of like why is that happening um on a biological basis Mm because a lot of people are like well black people are just unhealthy and it's like well i don't know if that's really true so um do you know a lot of that in medical school because like she got me reading um (laughs) black man white in a white coat coat. and literally yeah that's a problem i think in the racial disparities research world there's always the person in the audience who's like Okay, yeah, there could be something different, but probably not. Like, black people are just unhealthy. Which is, it's kind of like, okay, there's a guy who did a study, because my master's was on prostate cancer, a similar thing. Um, it's earlier, it's more aggressive, more men, black mm-hmm. men die from it, and Caucasian men. So, it's like, why? And they'd be like, there's a guy who did a study on, if you compare an African-American and a Caucasian man with the same, like, BMI and health, like, quality life, yeah. then the African-American male still has worse outcomes in prostate so cancer. So it's not lifestyle. So it's not lifestyle. So screw you, child yeah. in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It is a factor, but it's not the end-all, be-all yeah. of why this is happening. Um, and basically, that's why we need more diversity in medicine and research because we need more people who care about these issues and i think just only certain groups care yeah Yeah, they won't get studied i guess my question is i don't know because when i think of like phd like do you guys do more like since it is like md phd do you do more research that's like like that like 
humans with certain biological things. Or is it all like animals? Yeah. Oh, okay, Am I so- drugs? Because in my head, I thought like if you're doing PhD, it would be more like... Mice and yeah, injected yeah, with virus. Yeah, not clinical so, stuff. Yeah. So a PhD is really broad, but most MD PhD students will do a PhD in a science, of course. So physics, chemistry, biology. Um, some people might do engineering. Oh. Uh, which is like oh, a I just lot. Got a <laughs> it makes sense if you want to go into like orthopedics yeah, and yeah. make prosthetics, right? So like, there's that. Um, but a lot of us do biomedical research, so it's like investigating what's happening on a cellular level um, in a disease. Okay. So that's what a lot of people do, and part of that is using mice because you can't just like control humans. Yeah. So you usually Ethics. do a study in mice first, <laughs> and then you'll move on to humans. Um, so like, or together. So like in this lab. Um, one of the girls who started a project in this lab before me, she did looking at uh, inflammatory, no, she was looking at triple negative breast cancer and basically observed that there was something going on in these cells when patients are treated with estrogen, they end up being resistant to the estrogen mm-hmm. or aromatase inhibitors. Um, I'm just trying not to be too scientific here. You like, cool, girl. Like, Use that brain. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so, like, if a woman's treated with aromatase inhibitors, eventually they get resistant and the cancer comes back worse. So, like, mm-hmm. okay, why does that happen? That's, mm-hmm. like, a whole research question. So, she found, um, observed that, had cells that mimic that behavior to study the cells, and then she looked at patient tissue to mm-hmm. see if what she found in the cells was also happening in the tissue. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what you'll do when you're doing, like, a biomedical research project. Like, correlated. Yeah, and then you life. can say, like, like when you learn, like, these things, like, oh, we found that this translocation happens in this lymphoma. Well, that happened because someone observed it in cells and then looked at patients and then found that, oh, this is happening in this cancer. Okay. So that's kind of how it'll usually go. There's a lot of crosstalk. Which is why there's a need for MD-PhDs because mm-hmm. um, in medicine you're trained to diagnose and treat, but you're not necessarily trained on like the how and why of everything. Um, you might be, but you're not really thinking about like, like you'll observe something's happening, but you're not trained on how to change that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the PhD, you're trained on how to ask those questions and improve medicine and and address the hows and whys. Um, and so if you have the MD as well, you then can take that information back to the clinic. Okay. So, like, that's what I want to do in, in cancer and in um, neuroscience. It's pretty popular for MD-PhDs because those are fields where there's a lot we don't know and we need to, like, study it in the lab and take it back to the patients. I could actually see that being a very useful way to study medicine, honestly. I'm, I mean, I don't want to do MD-PhD, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was, like, the only way to become a doctor. Because why would you be a doctor yeah. if you don't know what's going on, like, at a cellular level? That's that's how you fix it. But at the same time, it's like, something about that timeline. I just don't. <laughs> I, I just can't dedicate that much. I like science. It's cool. Yeah. But... Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. And, like, you're not, you don't totally know nothing as an MD, of course. Like, you're learning, you're learning some like of the, the basis, but you yeah. just, like, like, you learn the snapshots, mm-hmm. but the PhD knows the, learn studies the picture. Yeah. Um, But they also only study, like, one slice, whereas medicine is breadth. 
So mm-hmm. medicine is breadth, shallowly learning a lot of things, mm-hmm. and PhD is deeply learning one thing. So would you, if it was an opportunity, get your MD and then do a, a PhD in the future if that was a thing? That or is would, an option. There's people that do that. Or would you suggest um, doing it all at once? I think it's better to do it at once if you have a lot of undergrad research experience. Mm. Um, I think jumping into an MD-PhD with limited research is tough. People do it, um, but that's why one of the most heavily weighed parts of the MD-PhD application, it actually has a whole separate personal statement, um, extra like research experience spaces. It's like a separate application, mm-hmm. but together. Um, there's... You're, you learn when you do research that you're going to have pitfalls and how to get out of those pitfalls. So if you haven't gone through that experience yet, you may not really handle a PhD very well. Mm-hmm. And we are more pressured to finish our PhD in four years when most people finish a PhD in five years and some oh. in six. So you're trying to expedite this process mm-hmm. when you do it together. Um, if you're going to do it separate, I'd say do the PhD first. And then do medical school because you have residency and then yeah. you have training. And it's just, there's never a good time to, like, stop being a clinician and go do extra school. True. Like, mm-hmm. it's better to do it before and then just continue the MD pathway. Mm-hmm. So so where do you want to go once you're done? So I, um, it originally all started with wanting to be, like, when I finally decided medicine, I was... First it was veterinary veterinary surgery, then it became cardiothoracic surgery of what I wanted to do. Don't know what I was thinking, but um, we said in the heart. No, I'm not like, going to be a cardiologist. Yeah, I, I the heart is actually my weakness now. I do not the heart is not my thing, so I know I will never do cardiology. But that being said, um, I when I heard all the negativity from surgeons and really loved research, I pretty much had closed the door on surgery and had considered being a pathologist because pathology is one of the more research-intensive medical um, choices. But after first year and being in the OR, um, I really loved surgery, so that's kind of been a problem. Um, <laughs> that I've been trying to be like, okay, I really love surgery. But you don't like so the surgery gonna lifestyle? Is that the um, I don't know because oh. I'm... I'm not a surgeon, but I also have seen otherwise here as a student. Because, you know, before medical school, you have a finite amount of experiences to pull on of, like, what is medicine. So from that limited lens, I was like, okay, surgery lifestyle is the worst. I probably shouldn't do that because I actually want a family. But then now I'm like, wow, there's a lot of surgeons with families. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, okay, it's possible. Um, Right. So I'm trying to figure out. The balance. Yes, and if I really want to go through with um, being a surgeon. So right now I know oncology um, is on my list. So I'm thinking about ENT and doing head and neck or doing, uh, sorry, ENT, ear, nose, and throat, otolaryngology is the field. Um, or doing surgical oncology, which is just removing tumors from patients, which is awesome. I can go study them. Um, or just becoming an oncologist. Hematologist, mm-hmm. oncologist, um, which is through internal medicine. Uh, but fun fact, it takes about five or six years to do any specialty or anything anyway, and surgery is six years. So 
It's not like five. time is a big difference. It, I'm, I'm giving an average. Oh, okay, ENT okay. is six years, general surgery is five, neurosurgery yeah. seven, but you know. Oh, no, no I'm not doing that. Average is about six. <laughs> we went over nerves today, too. I'm not doing that. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been considering neurosurgery lately also, even though I was like, I have a video of me at my white coat ceremony saying I would never be a neurosurgeon, so that would be interesting. Play yourself. Um, yes. <laughs> so... Um, right now I'm just trying to figure out if surgery is going to work with the MD PhD career of research because that's another factor of like MD PhDs usually don't do surgery and if they do they do neurosurgery Uh, so (laughs) what is that about I think it's because it's the most research intensive uh, surgical specialty so is ENT it's a lot of research um so yeah, but I also, you know, I love plastics as well. So mm-hmm. there's that, which has, like, nothing to do with cancer. But, you know, we're going to figure this out. So. Yes. You got time. You got time. I have time. <laughs> so. Plenty of time. That yeah. So, um, so, yeah. Wow. Then, yeah. Wow. Thank you for giving us a, a nice uh, view of your, your journey. That is incredible. Um, it's so motivational. I know. Um, I have no reason to feel not motivated to do like any work right now at all because uh you're killing it Uh, (laughs) but um okay so our next stepping stone was confidence and so we thought this would be good um because to do basically anything in medicine you know safely diagnose somebody you gotta have confidence um but to do research you have to have confidence in what you're studying you have to have you have to be humble um Mm -hmm. to admit you know maybe i didn't do this right or maybe i didn't uh, analyze this the way I should have or you know what I mean like you have to be confident but then also um introspective mm-hmm. so um what talk talk about your confidence and if you've always had confidence on this journey or if you didn't how that came about okay so I pretty much have always been very confident mm-hmm. I don't know why I was just born confident you I was like four other girls do you think, yeah I was like do you think it's an older sister thing maybe it is you yeah. have to be confident you know, yeah I have like your sisters were yeah. trying to copy you. Did you feel that? Felt oh, oh, that. oh! We had so many don't copy me fights. Yeah, like, me too. So I many. Remember, I was just telling you about this. Like, me oh, don't copy was, me. Don't um, copy were me. Were you telling me? Oh, maybe me and my sister were talking about this because she always tried to copy me, and I used to tell on her, and I would get in trouble. <laughs> yes, yes. The oldest my dad would be like, "You should be happy she's trying to copy you," and I'm like, "No." Uh, yes, I, I would be like, get your own brother. personality. I, was yeah. I just wanted to be friends with my so brother. Mean. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. You didn't want to be friends? Because it's not cool. Like, no. <laughs> get your own personality. Yes, be your own person. Fair. Um, But I have, like, my track coach, I ran track, like, most of my life. And so my track coach always brings up to me how she told me, like, my first day of track practice, I was four years old. She was like, do a warm-up. I did the warm-up, did the workout, and then I was like, okay, I'm done. And she's like, no, you got to do a cool-down. And I was like, a cool-down? I did this whole workout. Why don't you do a cool-down for? Like, so I don't know. That was me as a child. Mm-hmm. Like, I just had confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't very, um, like, outspoken. Mm-hmm. I've never been a very loud or in-your-face type of person, like that kind of confidence. But I've always been secure in myself and confident in, like, my abilities. Mm-hmm. Um and that pretty much was never, never crossed my mind that, like, like being insecure, I guess, because mm-hmm. that's the opposite. Um, but in med school, especially in this first year, oh, shucks. so much of it, you are, well, first, like, even with all my experience, it's still, like, nothing I've experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my classmates can attest to that. She also did a master's, more of a post-bac type master's, but 
she's like, I thought it was going to be like that because that was hard. But, like, it's just, like, nothing else that you've done. Mm -hmm. And it really tests you. And the first year is the worst year because you really, like, just jump in and this is it. Mm -hmm. And um, that wasn't so bad. But what was bad and I didn't realize is that I feel like we're always compared to our peers. Mm -hmm. And I think that no other training point, undergrad, nothing. Nothing is so much you being compared to the person next to you. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's intentional. I really feel like it's not. It's like a big oversight Mm -hmm. in medical school, but we're always compared to each other. Like, every test, it's like, oh, here's the average and here's you. And you're like, (laughs) wow, I'm below the average again. And, you know... Average being 90%. And I'm like, wow, I got an 80. I'm so dumb. And it's like this weird, why would you ever feel that way? And in the past, I would have never felt that way. Mm -hmm. But just seeing, like, that everyone in the class is doing better. So you get this, like, it's kind of the whole imposter syndrome they talk about um, where you feel like I'm just compared to everyone else. And obviously... I'm not that smart or like I'm not as great as the person next to me because we're constantly compared to each other um so there was a point where like after like between the first semester and second semester where I was just like I don't know maybe I thought I was like good at this or could study or do this or do it all be superwoman but maybe I'm not and it was like this weird creeping like against confidence thing like doubt like a doubt yeah there we go (laughs) My words are not coming. (laughs) Anti-confidence. There we go. Um, And my friends were like, I used to be the one after every test that was like, guys, don't worry. Like, every block is different. Like, we all got this. Everyone has their strengths. Like, you do know. It's like, yeah. Like, talking to everyone up. Like, it's okay. You got your strengths. Like, I have my strengths. You have your strengths. We're all different. Like, we're all going to do great at something. We're all going to do bad at something. But then, like, slowly, I was just like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's They were like, Harmony, what's wrong with you? Like, you, like, like what's going on? Like, right. like, and they were noticing it, but I couldn't pinpoint what it was. And it yeah. took me till like, right before spring break, right before I went home, which was also another thing. I was, like, away from home from July to, like, spring, the next oh, wow. spring. And so I was like, I am in a new place. Yeah. New people. I know no one. Everyone in the class knows each other because it's Kansas. Like, <laughs> like, wow. So, Yikes. yeah, I was like, I don't know. So then I was like, oh, that's what happened. I'm losing my confidence. And so coming to that conclusion was was hard to, like, pinpoint what's going on. But mm-hmm. then when I found out, because I'm like overly introspective I guess I was like what am I gonna do about never it never overly introspective <laughs> like, never. <laughs> what am I gonna do about this yeah. I can't just not have confidence so um that's when what brought me to the Michelle Obama quote of like you know what I'm just look to people who are like confident mm-hmm. and I was like I'm gonna read her book and so listen to it every day of like our last block um, before studying and like I was like, man, I can do this. And, like, look at her. Like, she looks so great from the outside, but she talks about her journey. And it's like, this is just part of the journey. You know this. And so reigniting that confidence and being like, I have my strengths, and I know that. Just be good at what you're good at, and just don't worry about what everyone else is doing. Like, always yeah. stay in your lane. It's And you have to – I don't know. When you get tested is the hardest times to, like, stay in your lane. But you've got to try. Mm-hmm. Like, and figuring out how to do that. So – um, but it's really important in medicine. I mean, for third year, which is the second hardest year, 
um, they always talk about, like, just be confident, but don't be arrogant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't mm-hmm. be, like... Still be humble. Yes, still be humble, but be, like, you know, I think it's this, and don't, like... Hold back on what you're going to say or second-guess yourself. And then also know when you can just say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, which is something that med students are not that great at. But, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm good at I'm I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm real like, good I don't at know. Long. I don't know. It's <laughs> so, my strongest diagnosis. Yes. <laughs> yes. But I think um, they always, everything always says over and over, like, you're here. You earned your spot. Be confident in your abilities. You were chosen for a reason. Don't second guess yourself and just trying to find ways to hold on to that mm-hmm. through all the different phases has been the most important. Ooh, ooh. Are you getting jealous? Okay. Oh, he's fine. Okay. Sorry. See? That's, That's it. it. That's it. All right. We'll just click that. <laughs> um, sorry, guys. We had an emergency. A drink and devices. And that was that. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's incredible. And it's also... I think it says something, too, that, like, I feel like we feel like once we're at a certain age, we'll just have that confidence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we'll just have it together. But it's good to know, like, even as, like, a grown woman, like, you're still, like, I mean, was I supposed to be here? Like, to me, it feels like you took your time so that you would have that confidence. Mm-hmm. And even then, you yeah. still had doubts. So um, I feel like that really speaks, too. Because I know for a fact, like, just this past um pre-matriculation I've had doubts I've, I've literally just been like Jesus can I do this I have a whole podcast people are gonna be listening like I thought she was in med school <laughs> and then my mom wanted me to take pictures and I'm like yikes I do <laughs> don't steal my fate but um yeah like I, I just really appreciate you being very transparent with mm-hmm. that because I feel like we you couldn't be the only person no. I know for a fact having doubts um and people that have faced failure on this journey and are still trying to get into medical school, probably doubt themselves. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you're not secure in who you are beforehand, then that really tears you apart. Mm-hmm. And I think just learning how to cope with it is more important than trying to pretend to be confident when you're not. Yeah. Yeah. And just try to get through it and, you know, be confident. I don't know. For Listen sure. to Beyonce. <laughs> Hello. For sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, Flo, got anything? Any tidbits? Um, or as I'm saying, like, or join certain groups on campus, because that's how we all met. Um, we joined yeah. Women of Color on campus, and, um, what did you think of the first meeting that you were at? Um, I loved it. When I yeah. saw the flyer, I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. I know. That's how, yeah. that's how we felt the first time we walked out. We were like, this just builds our confidence, because there's yeah. just so many people on campus that... We don't see on a day-to-day basis. We're going through all the same things as us. So it's, I think it's nice to know that other people are going through exactly what you're going through. And it makes you not feel like you're the only one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, And I feel like as like black women, we have that intersectionality where it's like, you know, you have the doubts of a woman in medicine. And then you have the doubts of a black woman or black person in medicine. And then both of that. And, that's, and then in society as well. Yeah. At the same time. So, so yeah. that can really tear down your confidence. But yeah. Like she said, know that you're there for a reason. Because KU, don't make mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's our motto for everything. For sure. Especially after the first exam. Um, but yeah, so 
<sighs> Thank you so much for being on our yeah, on our fun podcast. Literally, I'm probably gonna listen to this every day before class. <laughs> Not even because <laughs> uh, your journey is amazing. It is, it really is, and it's. I feel like there's so many people who could benefit listening to this just in general. Um, not even people in medicine, but as far as hidden Jemisons go, you had a master's that you were going to sell, or just oh, generally a master's yes. program. Yes, master's programs, the, the to know about them. Um, I remember when I was in my master's, I was like, was this the right choice for med school? Because from what I'm reading on the three-letter website, um, <laughs> is that maybe I shouldn't have done a master's. So the thing to know is, one, if you know you want to go to med school and you're an undergrad, um, if you're going to do a master's, see that it's a master's that's more of a post-bac master's Mm -hmm. because you will basically be doing a post-bac that is intensive and will help your GPA if you put in the work because you're going to have to prove those, you have to prove those numbers in some way at some time, Mm -hmm. whether it's an undergrad, whether it's in a post-bac or a post-bac that grants you a master's. Um, that would be like a master's degree program that is geared toward getting you into medical school, which mm-hmm. is a specific type of master's. Um, it's course-based. It usually does not have a research project, um, but you still get a master's degree. There's also like a master's in public health. Some people do that. Also may or may not help your chances in med school if GPA was the issue. So just go into it knowing you're doing it because you want that degree, not to improve your GPA or improve your chances in med school. Mm-hmm. Um, Where'd you get your master's in? Master's in science. Okay. Um, which is in which has different fields within it, but mine is a master's in science and biology. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was a. It's going to help me because I can take classes and get better grades, but I can also do more research, which. You can never have too much research for an MD-PhD, so, <laughs> like, you know, I love research anyway, so it's kind of a win-win, and it's, like, more of a track for PhD programs mm. than an MD program, um, the master's that I did, but that being said, I kind of multi-purposed it as proving my GPA was worthy of medicine, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then there's also... Just regular postbacs that don't grant you a master's degree, but um, all of them, I believe, require the GRE or the MCAT. So yeah, well, you know, because like the ones, yeah. Oh. Well, oh no, I mean like the masters, oh, okay. like regardless, yeah. it'll okay. be GRE or MCAT. If it's like a postback type masters, it'll be MCAT, mm-hmm. and those usually have like you can't have too high of an MCAT. Because <laughs> yeah. they have you take spot. the MCAT. Yeah. yeah, or some of them have a minimum too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Zero postback, yeah. they didn't have to take the MCAT. Oh, okay. But, yeah. you know, who knows? So <laughs> I know KCU here has a great master's postback program that I recommend. My classmate did it and she um, learned a lot of great physiology that I did not learn. That has um, been nothing but helpful. Yeah, they're known for their um, anatomy program, wow. aren't they? I thought they were. Is it a year or two years? It's two years. Uh-huh. A lot of masters are two years. Mm-hmm. Um, but that works better with applying sometimes because mm-hmm. you have that window to uh, to submit your application when you're into the program. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. some people are always concerned about postbacs and working and yeah, all that. So, and I don't know yeah. about you guys. If anything shows you, the timeline does not matter. Does not matter. It does not. And that's something everybody should just really internalize. Mm-hmm. And internalize. <laughs> so that is our 
packed episode. Full of... Honestly, this whole episode is a hidden Jemison. Like, yeah. literally, if you haven't... If you are in a crunch for time, you can only listen to, like, a few of our episodes. I won't be offended. I mean, I will be, but I won't say that <laughs> um, Definitely, definitely, definitely pass this episode on. Because I feel like... This episode can be, like, used even for people not in medicine, people pursuing mm-hmm. career changes of any sort. Like, I feel like it's just so necessary. This is, like, life's vitamin right I now. I know. I learned, I learned a ton from this episode that I didn't even know, and we're in the process. Girl, I'm probably going to stay here, like, for a lot longer just studying tonight because I feel this motivation. I really do. Um, so, once again, like, super thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing your journey, um, letting us be nosy and pry into your business. Yeah, being super transparent about everything. Yeah. I appreciate of course. you. For sure. I think advice is the best advice <laughs> it's yeah, like, like the most useful information yeah. yeah and telling people your truth and explaining you know where you were set back because people yeah. often hide that mm-hmm. so yeah. um for sure well yeah you guys enjoy this episode and sorry about our dogs there are babies <laughs> and yeah we don't have nannies <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah have a good week guys bye